from our readings today. It is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. And keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Happy Advent. Welcome to the first Sunday of Advent and our apocalyptic readings. And the first Sunday of Advent always begins with an apocalyptic or end times orientation. So it'll help to put this in a little bit of context. Matthew, our gospel writer today, believed that history was divided into two ages. There was a present evil age that God would soon replace with a new age called the realm of God or the kingdom of God. The old age was characterized by idolatry and sin, injustice, sickness, a disconnection between nature and humankind, violence and death. And the new age, the kingdom of heaven, would be known for forgiveness, mutual support of each other, health, blessing between nature and humankind, and eternal life in God. From Matthew, the birth, the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus are the first phase of this transformation to the new age, with its completion in the second coming of Christ. Starting in the fifth century, Advent became associated with preparation for the second coming of Jesus. Therefore, that's why we have these apocalyptic stories. And while Matthew writes from a first century worldview, the feelings of uncertainty and confusion experienced by Matthew's community after listening to these words are the same feelings we also experience from this gospel and have experienced in various aspects of our own life. There have been times, and will be times in our future, when our best laid plans are torn asunder, when finances or jobs or relationships fail us, or we fail them. And there are times when we just don't know what to do. Frankly, there are some days when adulting is just hard and exhausting. Comfort my people, says Isaiah. It is especially in those times that God meets us in the uncertainty, in the confusion, and sometimes the chaos of our lives. God is with us in the hospital waiting room. God is there when our goals fall apart, when we disappoint ourselves and others, and when others disappoint us. God is there. And it's not that just God showed up at the right time. The reality is God was there all the time. But as our readings point out, we need to be awake. We need to be ready to recognize God in the midst of our lives. And God is always there because we carry the sacred within us. The Greek Orthodox have a special name for Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is called Theotokos, 
which means God-bearer. We too bear God within us. And like Mary, we too sometimes wait for God's revelation, God's message for us. Advent is that time of waiting. The holy is present in creation. The holy is present in relationships, in times of quiet and in times of noisy celebration. The holy is present in times of peace and in times of chaos. God is present because we are present. We both hope for and we experience the realm of God in our daily living. Our first candle this Sunday, symbolizing that hope, expresses the deepest desires of Matthew's community and is foundational for our lives as followers of Jesus. To live in hope is to live awake with eyes that find the sacred hidden in plain view. Our prayer at the lighting of the first candle bears repeating, Blessed to our use, O God, this circle of light. Let it reveal all your hopes and dreams as we prepare for the great feast of the Incarnation. Let the passage of these days and the prayers of our hearts draw us deeper into the mystery of love so that Christmas finds us awake and ready to love the world in your name. Just a little suggestion. Take your bulletin home. Cut out this prayer. Tape it to the dashboard of your car. And every time you get in your car this week, as you turn on the ignition, pray this prayer. Let it sink deeply into you. We'll have a different prayer next week and the week after that and the week after that, each one symbolizing the Advent candle that is lit. Let this prayer soak in. Now, while Advent starts today for us, beginning in the 6th century, Celtic and other early Christians observed 40 days of Advent leading up to December 25th. They used this time, similar to Lent, to deepen their relationship with God through prayer and fasting and works of mercy and compassion. I have fond memories of the Advent. I entered the convent on the first Sunday of Advent many years ago. But I remember that time as a time of prayer. The 40 days of Celtic Advent have recently experienced a resurgence in the West. And there are modern Celtic Advent calendars. I Xeroxed one and uh, printed off some that are by the baptismal font that you are welcome to take it. Celtic Advent started November 15th, so you're a little behind. <laughs> but Celtic Advent will always be November 15th, and for 40 days, you can use these next year as suggestions to make holy the day during your Advent um, observances. So they're by the baptismal font. 
Each day has a suggestion on how to make your life a little bit more God-focused. Advent offers us a space apart, an alternative from the commercialism and the secularization of this holy time. However, you don't need to go to a retreat center or a monastery or a convent. You can let your car become your hermitage. If that is the time you get some peace in your life. Let the Spirit lead you into the forest. Not to tempt you in the wilderness, but to tend to you in the quiet rustle of leaves beneath your feet and the songs of birds as they fly overhead. Take this time to experience the grace of Advent. Here's another suggestion. Oh, I use my car as a hermitage, so driving over here, I thought of more things to say. <laughs> so if you can see me do this. It's because the Holy Spirit gets in my car and messes with me. <laughs> um, so this is one of the suggestions I have for Advent. Bake some Christmas cookies, but don't keep them for, their, for yourself. And don't hand this bunch of Christmas cookies out to your loved ones and your friends. Drop them off at a fire station. Or drop them off at an all-night fast food place, like a McDonald's or a Taco Bell. So here's why. The working poor are the employees of those all-night fast food places. They don't get paid that much. They work very hard. They're on their feet. Dropping off a plate of cookies for those employees and a thank you card would lighten their hearts for that evening. And it will lighten the hearts of your family, too. What a good Advent practice to have. I have another Advent practice that came on the way over here. As a family, get together and have a little family powwow. Perhaps there was a large gift you wanted to get and you hadn't got yet at Black Friday. Use that money to buy grocery gift cards to Kroger or to Aldi someplace. Give those cards, if you go through the fast food line, as you pay your money, give the gift card to your server. Give the gift card to the worker the dishwasher in the restaurant you go to, your waitress, to the clerk at the grocery, uh, at the uh, gas station. These are the working poor in your midst. And maybe you don't need the 65-inch TV, but I can guarantee you, when I was working Eskenazi, my patients worked those very low-paying jobs and struggled to put food on the table. The love that your family enjoys, share that love, perhaps by not with a TV, but with a gift card. 
I printed out the advent calendars and at the bottom of the advent calendars there's a simple quote that I found so very meaningful as an excellent touchstone for Christian living. It's by Annie Dillard, who's an American author. Very simple quote. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And having worked hospice for many years, I can tell you that I don't want to come to the end of my life and realize that half of it was spent on social media or playing games or any number of things that's an easy distraction in today's world. How you spend your days is how you're spending your life. That works individually and it works as a family too. For me, that statement is a companion to a question by my favorite poet, Mary Oliver. And Mary Oliver said, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Live with that question. Those are two good Advent statements. I hope both of these thoughts sink deep into your hearts and frame your Advent living this year. And I offer this Celtic prayer for each of you as you begin your journey to the manger. Creator God, breath of all life, through whom all things are created and sustained, all sons and daughters, flocks and herds, all birds of the air and fish of the sea, reveal your handiwork. You walked this earth as a child. You touched the soil, quenched your thirst, embraced this world, brought life and light into dark and despairing lives. May this eternal truth be always on our hearts, that the God who breathed this world into being placed stars into the heavens and designed a butterfly's wings is the God who entrusted the life of Jesus to the care of ordinary people. God became vulnerable that we might know how strong is the power of love. This is a mystery so deep it is impossible to grasp, so beautiful it is impossible to ignore. In the same way God prepared the hearts of Mary and Joseph for the birth of Jesus, may God open your hearts and your lives to love. May God's love be nurtured in your holy family and expand beyond the borders of your home. May you always know the hope to which you are called. In the uncertainties of this life, may you always experience the certainty of God's love for you. May the grace and the peace of this Advent time be yours. <laughs>